Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm getting drunk. <laughs> I'm Celeste Kipo Other Names. I have lots of names. I'm the names girl now. And this week we are taking a look at, this is like the first episode where we're actually taking a look at two completely unrelated Doctor Who episodes. We're doing a bit of a double feature because I didn't know how uh, entertaining or uh, how much we'd have to say about any of these. Um, So we are talking about the 2009 Easter special Planet of the Dead by uh, Russell T. Davies and Anson Seeker of Darkness and um the 2009 animated episode dreamland by phil ford um so i guess we're gonna start with planet of the dead um this is another one that i hadn't seen in like a decade so that's fun um it's i yeah it's uh it's in i will say the one kind of interesting thing about it is how how the companion role is utilized in this episode and how it's a weird case where like the companion like it's like normally we don't get a case where they're the only companion character in the episode and they don't die and they try to join and and tens just like no But yeah. I mean, I'm kind of I'm not particularly upset that Ten said no because uh, I kind of really don't fucking like Lady Lady Christina. Yeah, big big vibes. She's... I I I said this in the Discord chat when I was watching this episode, but Lady Christina feels like a Moffat character, like Eleven no. era Moffat. No, That's I shit true. you not. I shit you not. I, there were moments when I liked her, not gonna lie. I think she has, I think the actress definitely has some good, like, she chemistry wasn't and back terror- and forth with Like, yeah, yeah, Ten. she has some likable moments. But, like, there were moments where I was just like, this feels like a Shut River Song moment. Up, this yeah. feels like a girl boss or River Song moment, and I was just pulled yeah. out. And then, It feels like yeah. the kind <laughs> of thing that makes Stephen Moffat horny. It's it like it's that trope, especially the fucking line where he's introducing Christina to the um, fuck I already forgot the aliens' names. Um, the, the fly people. Yes, when when he's introducing her to them, he's like the honorable lady Christina. At least I hope she's honorable. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's a Moffat line if I ever heard. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weirdly like RTD trying to like mimic Moffat. Although to be fair, Ansem Seeker of Darkness did do Craig episodes and um, uh, the Caretaker for in Moffat era. So I guess maybe that's supposed to be where some of the crossover is. Yeah, I. Speaking of crossovers, from the very opening shot and, like, premise of this fucking episode, I'm just like, okay, how how immediately better would this premise be if Lady Christina D'Souza was replaced by Felicia Hardy, a.k.a. Black Cat? We get some Spider-Man crossover in here. I don't know. that, And, and just never reference it again. Just have that be the one yeah, weird Yeah, just, just don't, yeah. <laughs> and my, my other... <laughs> 
my other thought about that was to actually make her like have this be the moment where um river song meets the doctor um and obviously you would have to work out like a whole bunch of like extra bullshit with what happens to her at the end but honestly the idea yeah. of her starting out as an earth like cat burglar or high yeah. stakes thief or whatever the fuck and like ending up as a galaxy hopping uh space archaeologist i don't know that that is and that i mean you know there's a only arc. a little bit of there's only a little bit of difference there yeah exactly <laughs> it it fits surprisingly well even without like the fucking like moffatisms that just happen to be here um yeah i don't know maybe it also would have fallen flat but given what we actually got i i kind of prefer my idea to um yeah we'll get there yeah yeah, oh, I, yeah. I'm really straight up i literally don't remember how river song gets started <laughs> my brain is just oh no you're... My mind. oh no you're in for a treat, wait do you know do you know who river song is i have a vague memory Okay, sorry, I, I didn't until you said that. I think I know. And, and what's in my brain is one of the most incredibly asinine things I could have thought of. And I feel like it's going to be that just based on Which, your tone. Well, what was it? I, is she Alien Rory's yeah, daughter? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Real so series bad. six hours. Remember when that was a fucking thing? Remember when that was like the second worst season of the revival? Oh boy. I'm I still not entirely sure what the first was, but I'm pretty sure it still wasn't series six because series six is so bad it can't even properly be the worst episode the worst season of Doctor Who. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's entertaining bad in series six. So also there's yeah, doctor's it's... wife in series 6 and that that bumps it up a bit. Also <sighs> I just realized that this aside from like one fucking line of like maybe five lines of the doctor talking about how it's Easter, happy Easter and he never manages to land on it um because it's always a different like time and then he was <laughs> there for the real thing yeah. and then aside from that it's like it's never brought up that it's Easter. The themes of the episode don't call back to Easter, either the Christian themes of Easter or, like, the pagan themes of Easter. Um, like, it's just... They got the slot, I guess. I don't know. That was just amusing to me that it's, like, literally, like, five lines that you could remove and you would not think this was an Easter special at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you see, it's it's Easter because they get lifted. It's up Easter because the episode. Okay, here's the thing. Here is the thing. <laughs> Just here is my problem with people complaining about like the fact that like for example, Moffat was like, I hated the Christmas special slot. Here is the thing. I do not understand why they feel like it has to specifically be themed around the holiday it's aired on. I don't give a shit. Okay, fucking I do it out. whatever, man. I figured it out. The bus is Christ. It sacrifices itself <laughs> for our characters. Oh my! And then God. gets resurrected, rises up, and carries the most sinful character to a new life. 
You're yes, welcome. That's what I was. I, I was trying to go for that, but I couldn't quite land it. Thank you, Skylar. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Space bus Jesus. Uh, Put that oh, in your religion. They, they couldn't. They couldn't find the corpse of the bus until it returned. Ooh. Side note: You know how the bus got like all fucked up. In the, yeah. When they went through the wormhole. That wasn't actually supposed to happen. What happened is they shipped the bus to Dubai with the rest of the cast to film the desert shit. And when they got there, like, in transit, the bus had gotten, like, smashed the fuck up. And they were like, okay, write it in. <laughs> That's pretty good. So I'm not gonna... kidding. I'm was not. It, just... it was just going to have say, been like... fine. Because I'm just thinking, like. How would they, if the bus had been fine, would they just have been like, oh, you know, it ran out of gas and then they had to work around that? No, like, I think it would have been, I, yeah, or or disabled in some other way or, yeah. The engine or getting stuck or something like that. They, they have, a, to give the episode yeah. some credit, they do actually put some time into establishing how fucked they probably should be, um, if not for a few, like, lucky circumstances. Um, yeah, that's just so like fun to think about considering like, yeah, with like these historical properties and it's like, oh, we didn't expect this on the site and there's like hazards with shooting on location. Meanwhile, with the like 4k unreal engine based tech in like the Mandalorian, you can just create like a perfect like scenery that looks like it's like location shooting. Yeah. And, but like, Mandalorian also Mandalorian also has that Disney money. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, <laughs> BBC should have gotten this first. No, I'm not saying that. It's just, it's fun. It's neat to think about how far TV has come and how, ironically, that that's also a yeah. bad statement when it comes to Doctor Who. But anyways. Yeah. Um, also, this was the first Doctor Who episode to be filmed in HD. Fun little trivia there. Huh. Interesting. Which is why, like, for example, the fucking, like, all the, uh, all the, uh, episodes on my Blu-ray copy have previously just been kind of upscales that, like, yeah, they looked better, look better, and some of the text and stuff in places looks a little bit better, but still you can kind of see, like, yeah, okay, this wasn't, like, filmed with, like, HD cameras, and now it's, like, actually, like, ah, yes, this is Blu-ray quality now, so that's kind of neat. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly, like, Christina, also Christina feels like a character that, on the one hand, while Christina is uniquely Moffat, I don't see, like, the way Christina is executed still feels RTD, like, the fact that, like, this, if, if Christina was a Moffat character, Christina would be from the future. Because weirdly enough, I don't think Moffat would really go like that weird and just like yeah this crazy mission impossible like cat burglar in modern times but also like moffat uh, yeah also moffat didn't do that much as much with like modern times compared to rtd yeah she's she's interesting like in the sense that this is a <laughs> modern day like 
she's like Martha in that she's competent beyond like a base human rose level understanding. Yeah. Um, she's got like skills, she's got things particular to her trade, and that kind of the concept of the character was interesting to me. And again, like some of the chemistry between I forget the actress's name, even though I looked it up, and Tenant mm-hmm. is good. It's just um it's just some of the lines and some of the dynamics. It's it yeah. kind of clashes, especially with how we know River Song is coming up and with how it ends is also kind of like appropriate but also puzzling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, also there's the like there's the thing, right, of the fucking um Oh, oh, it's uh like the fly people. Where it's like, oh, okay, huh, that's an interesting idea where it's like, oh yeah, they're the fake out, they're not actually the villains and I like the idea of like these weird like parasites that literally consumed this entire planet and reduced it to dust and then like it feels like this happens like halfway through the episode and then the like latter half feels like weirdly short for being the entire back half of the episode where they're just trying to escape especially because they like immediately kill off the fly people and it's just like uh, oh, oh okay all right yeah, I'm also like, I don't know, I there were a couple of choices in this episode that just left me going like, huh? Um, the first one being that the bus driver just decides to, like, die. Yeah, just decides to book it, yeah. Well, yeah, like, narratively, like, dies I don't to get... Ex- yeah, the bus, no, the bus driver literally dies to explain why they can't just walk back. Yeah. And then, fucking, I don't know... I'm 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 a white person. I'm just that that disclaimer makes sense for what I'm about to say, but the fact that they have this woman, and again I I forget her name that like yeah the, the in like, psychic yeah yeah psychic. it felt very it, I forget the exact name of the trope but it's like black magical woman seer yeah. type yeah. of thing yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> which like her character their characters weren't. The husband and wife j- weren't just that, so it made it a little bit better than, say, like, yeah. Pirates of the they, Caribbean. They were, like, I will say, like, for a, like, single-part episode, that, uh, for a single-part RTD uh, disaster-style episode, like, the characters are all fleshed out decently well. Yeah. The... But, like, that's always been, like, RTD's strong suit. Yeah, the scene where... Uh, Even Love and Monsters, it may have, like, insufferable characters in parts, but the characters there are fine. They're very fleshed out. Yeah, yeah. Ten is able to calm them down with a very human thing, like, hey, where where yeah. were you going? It felt very, um, like, Nine's conversation was, with I the was... married couple in Father's Day. Yeah. I was thinking about, though, the one thing that made me think about of, like, Huh, you really want to try that shit again after you saw what happened in Midnight? <laughs> oh, there's there's nowhere to throw him out. That that's not the game over that it is in that scenario. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. It was also fun fact. This has like nothing to do with anything, but the um the guy who was on the bus to go see a girl to like try and get her to be his girlfriend, um that man's name is I'm going to butcher this. Daniel Kaliua. 
Um, oh, it's the guy from Get Out? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, his breakout role, Get Out, he was also in Black Panther in a supporting role. He's gotten huh. more notoriety since Get Out. But yeah, I... I didn't know that was him. Yeah, yeah it's... no, I recognized him right away. I, I, I was like, wait, is that the guy? <laughs> I was like, it's the Black Mirror, um... It's the Black Mirror Get Out guy. Hey! Huh. Yeah, so, um... I mean, every actor has been on Doctor Who at some point. Like, Take a drink. Seen... Yeah. I haven't ever actually, like, seen Black Mirror or Get Out, so it's probably, like, I don't have, like, quite the level of face recognition there. Yeah, but, no, yeah. it's really huh. interesting because he's sort of become a big actor in the last few years since Get Out, and I was like, oh, shit, it's the dude! Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's like, a couple other cases, that, like, Andrew Garfield being in fucking uh, the Daleks in Manhattan episodes. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Yep. <laughs> There's, there's an actor from Phantom Menace, uh, Star Wars, in that episode as well. It's... Oh, sick. <laughs> Doctor Who is fun like that. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, like, I, I mentioned this, and I, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but I feel like I have to mention it again, considering how much fucking playtime I put into the game. When they, uh, After, like, the first... With, well, actually, no, with the first expansion of Final Fantasy XIV, they switched to a London-based cast... Which means that, like, a significant chunk of the voice actors, you can be like, oh, yeah, this person's had a bit part on Doctor Who. This person's had a bit part on Torchwood. An entire, like, whole-ass villain for an expansion is fucking Tosh. So, yeah, it's 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 weird just kind of being like, oh, yeah, British actor. Like, it's, like, really like a coin flip. Um. Oh yeah. Also, like units, kind of there, and that that like scientist dude is kind of there. This feels okay. You know what? I'm gonna put lay this down. This isn't forty five minute syndrome, but this is like, if it was like a two parter. Cause like, how how fucking long is this thing? Six, 60 minutes. Is it, though? It feels like it was more like 70. I don't think that's right. Let me check this. Open up the file. How long is it? Oh, no, okay, it is an hour. Okay, yeah. If they had the extra half an hour that they would have if it was a two-parter, I legitimately feel like I wouldn't necessarily have this problem. It's it Like, it's not 45-minute syndrome, but it's the problem that, like, some of the Chibnall episodes have where it's, like, the extra 10 minutes still isn't enough. So it feels like this should have been a two-parter, and if it was a two-parter, I probably would have been like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but it's not. Yeah. I wanted more from the unit side, particularly the yeah. um, the scientist. Um, mm. I didn't love him as a character, but I felt like a lot of his answers to stuff was just like, oh, yeah, he's... He's the techno babble infused into yeah, a character needed, to explain yeah, how this we solve this I'm shit. Saying, like, this is why I'm saying, like, yeah, needs more time. Because otherwise, like, if if they'd had that extra 30 minutes, they might have been able to flesh him out. But otherwise, he just kind of, they only phone him up when it's important. And he, like, solves the problem. And they're like, oh, okay, thanks, Malcolm. And then hang up the phone. Yeah. There's To give some credit, there's some good comedy with, like, I like the line where he's just like, 
before I die of old age, which congrats, that would be an achievement for you. Like yeah. there there's some good David Tennantisms and good uh stuff there, but it's just like I found myself comparing him to um Osgood, which I don't like yeah. love Osgood as a character, but I was just like I would probably enjoy her in this role. Yeah. Like more yeah. than this guy. Not to not yeah. to crap on this guy. It's just there isn't a lot there to him aside from his enthusiasm and the fact that he's yeah. like a genius. Yeah. Definitely. And he's also like a one off character. It's just like Yeah, okay, Osgood guy. Osgood also had the benefit of like multiple appearances because yeah, like, exactly. Osgood was in like mm -hmm. five episodes. Um See, so yeah, I I will say I do like once you figure out what the actual like villain of the episode is, I do like the concept. Cuz it's it's like a really good like sci-fi idea and a terrifying concept. Of, I I mean, I I might be repeating myself here, but like literally reducing this whole like you see like this like it looks like a fucking like Mass Effect city or something and just reducing it to dust. Like, that's, like, bro, holy shit. Um, and, like, yeah. the genuine, like, it does feel like a genuine threat of, like, okay, like, yeah, I we, we need to, like, make sure that we get home, but we also can't let them get through, because otherwise we're kind of fucked. Yeah, I've been, I've been delving into, like, Halo lore on the side, just for, for a reason that's not important. Let but it be they, known it that reminded the suit does not of... jack him off. Yeah. <laughs> They reminded me of the flood, just in that, like, if you saw that in real life, that's like an immovable force that you would just be like, "Yeah, well, we're screwed." Um, just like a terrifying, like beyond your comprehension, not quite like Lovecraftian or Cthulhu esque or whatever, but it's like it's closer to that level than say like the Santarans or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or like like Half Life lore where the shit to do with like the, the dimension of like Zen and the, the things from Zen is so bad that the Combine, who are like the actual like big bads of the franchise still, have one of their major priorities being like cleaning up all the fucking Zen fauna that's on the planet because that shit is legitimately a problem. Yeah, exactly. So it yeah, it it was an interesting concept and character design or monster design, whatever. Um, kind of one of the things you can't really like. It's it's perfect for a one-off, you know. And I would say it's yeah. appropriate for a for a Doctor Who special. It's just kind of not great that this episode basically doesn't feel like a special in any way, except for the fact that it tells you it is. So, and the length. Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of the vibe of, of these uh, episodes, though? Like, the, these four yeah. specials? It's just like, yeah, they're specials, but it's just because there wasn't, like, really Doctor Who. This yeah, year. yeah, it, it was because, like, yeah, it's because, like, uh, like Moffat, either Moffat wasn't quite ready or RTD was like, I'm not done yet, but I don't want to do another full season or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. coincidentally this is the homestuck year i've been reading homestuck <laughs> <laughs> what 2008 2009 i thought it was 2009 2010 uh it is 2000 yeah it's 2009 right it, it like 2009 until like end of well okay 
it's only 2009 2010 because end of time part two was on new year's day okay that still counts though that's the home yeah here. obama yeah. was president you can date this fairly accurately yeah <laughs> Homestuck. I'm sorry. I'm just very fixated on Homestuck right now. So yeah, that's no, that's that's me. fair. I I can <laughs> respect that. I used to be in that place. I'm not anymore, but I was. And if you think about it, they're basically the same thing because uh, time travel. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's a bit of a stretch, but sure. Okay, go off. <laughs> no, oh, it's also and they so. Go they go through a portal that takes them to another planet in Homestuck. Wait, are you saying... Wait, okay, okay. So you're saying not that Homestuck is equivalent to Doctor Who as a whole. You are saying that it is specifically equivalent to the Doctor Who 2009 Easter special Planet of the Dead written by Russell T. Davies and Ansem Seeker of Darkness and starring David Tennant and Michelle Ryan. Well, I was saying that there is some... <laughs> There are some temporal <laughs> linkages between the Doctor Who of this year and Homestuck. All right. There's there's also, you know, I can't remember too well, but I'm pretty sure, you know, the Master shit, that's going to be kind of like Homestuck too. Because it's like, um... <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's like, you know time thingies that like you set up and then they have like a payoff at another time thingy and then it's, it's like basically the same concept you know <coughs> I'll, do, I'll do you one further so Star Trek 2009 has time travel oh my god therefore <laughs> this is the year of the winds of change baby in conclusion, 2009 was the year that Homestuck invented time travel. God bless Andrew Hussey. Okay. Moving on to ratings. Now that we've lost all of our listeners. Uh, so, yeah. I, I feel like I'm kind of in, like the the situation that uh cell was in last week where it was like yeah okay it was a fine episode but it was just kind of there um yeah like it's perfectly fine it's like it 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 definitely like it is an rtd episode it does feel like rtd is running out of steam but it is an RTD episode nonetheless, and I don't think he's written a bad episode, except for Love and Monsters. Um, yeah, it's, like, perfectly fine, like, a solid, like, B-tier <coughs> entertaining Doctor Who episode. So, I'm gonna make a weird comparison here. Um, so remember that Series 9 of Doctor Who ended. We got Husbands of River Song as, like, a Christmas special, and then we waited, like, a whole year and then there was oh yeah yeah when they took the fucking year off that was weird yeah there was i think it it, it was the discount superman one that was yeah, also a Ms. christmas Doctor special Mysterio. Yeah. yeah so i feel like in an alternate universe where series three ended and we had voyage of the damned and then we had this be a christmas special where 
because it because it really doesn't fucking matter where like this happens and it's before 10 has ran into donna again and he like he's still not used to the idea of traveling with new people but he isn't like heartbroken like he is after losing donna i feel like this episode would have clicked for me i feel like it has that exact type of tone i feel like it's interesting enough to like pass that type of television obviously if you like change a few things about like the time of year and all that bullshit um which is very easy to do just just change the motivations slightly of everybody on the bus to be like christmas related or whatever the fuck aside from that i was entertained i think i would put this on if i if i was doing homework or writing an essay or doing the dishes or just doing something and i wanted to have like some pleasant television on that could like entertain me and i didn't have to pay too much close attention to it i would probably put on an episode like this um i think is like how i would rate that in like in yeah. word <laughs> terms yeah um but in, in terms of like a grade it's it's c plus for me i think the two main actors the uh, michelle ryan and david tennant elevate what is otherwise like a pretty like poorly <laughs> executed dynamic yeah. like well um and everything has like the budget and creativity to like get by um but there's a reason i basically forgot the plot of 90 percent of this episode despite yeah myself enjoying it in the moment it's just like afterwards you look at it and it's like well what is there to talk about um you've got some it's, like it's, okay it's, interesting characters it's, it's the fast food hamburger of doctor who episodes yeah exactly it's good and then you don't think about it yeah yeah that that that's a really good way to put it it's just there there's stuff that's good in the moment but it doesn't stick with you long term and the fact that big finish and like other doctor who ancillary media has like brought this character back i don't understand it there is there is one character in star wars extended media um dr afra which is similar to Chris christine de souza and she is like 10 times more interesting i'm not gonna say it's because afra is like canonically queer but that may be part of it um anyways yeah uh c plus episode um don't hate it don't love it it's nice to have on in the background on a rainy day yeah <clears throat> yeah right. i mean i don't think it did anything too exceptional but i thought it was a i thought it was pretty interesting i don't know i i definitely think the um <coughs> the unit guy was a little annoying in all honesty it was just like yeah what are you doing it's just kind of like cringy and it and, and it definitely is like i noted the, i noted the uh sort of moffat stuff too because it's starting to lean into that like the doctor is some earth celebrity among the select few and yeah. you know this is just this is a really cringy phone conversation where you're just like freaking out and you're just like bro stop <laughs> um yeah you can tell that like 10 is like actually like kind of uncomfortable yeah um besides that though there wasn't like there wasn't really anything it did wrong i mean i thought it was a pretty solid episode the side character was good and i don't remember or christina yeah christina she was pretty all right you know she was fine i think she's a good example of like an almost companion but also not um yeah and then just the other stuff some of the other side characters were good you know all 
almost i'd say a couple of them were like memorable enough that i probably remember like what they did in the episode and like what their things were so you know that's good enough and just the plot in general was just in pretty interesting and unique um yeah you know i don't think it was exceptional but i think it was a pretty good episode and i'd say it's an eight out of ten all right um so yeah i guess with that we will mosey our way on down to our uh next episode dreamland um so yeah this is another animated episode was also uh broadcast in bits but i think like less bits than uh than infinite quest it also uses a different animated style than infinite quest uses a 3d thing which Again, I'm going to go out like, yeah, I would prefer that it wasn't animated in this style, but I don't, like, hate the animation, and it's got kind of, like, a weird charm to it, I think. Kind of in, I think, weirdly enough, it, it, part of it has to do with the fact of, like, where it is set. And, and I don't know, like, for some reason I associate with it, and it feels kind of, like, very, like, weird deserty in the way the animation is maybe because it looks kind of like like it's it's sort of cell shaded in the same way as like borderlands or something i can see I'm gonna that i'll be honest i hated the animation i, I, I i'm not saw. gonna blame you for hating it like it's <laughs> not great but i don't know I if you saw it... my comment in the yeah. the, the <laughs> dms yeah, but for the audience, what I said is that it looks like the Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life animation. Because it really fucking does. It has, like, the weird, you know, like, you know, 2000 CG really crappy models that you get on weird YouTube poops online for, like, weird Shrek animations of that style. Or, like, you know, just other weird YouTube poops of that style that were just yeah. really just awkward and shit and built around just being these like gross bastardizations of good animation uh, you know intentionally so except they did an actual whole tv episode that looked like yeah. that and it was just an assault to my eyes from beginning to end and every moment i looked at it i was just like what are they doing like all, yeah, everything no. they do is so like choppy and weird and yeah it's, it's and... very jerky yeah <laughs> There's no facial expressions. The eyebrows just move up and down sometimes. And it's just like, bro. Yeah. I, I'm kind of between you two. I think the setting for this story made the animation work as much as it could. Like, if this was, like, London or... Yeah, if, this, if it was set anywhere else, it would be, like, that much more jarring. But it is specifically something about the Roswell setting. That just makes it be like, huh, okay. Yeah, it's like a it's like a jank that goes along thematically with the jank of the storytelling. <laughs> but I can also I can also empathize and be like, yeah, like this is not something I would watch like more than five minutes of if I wasn't doing something yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. Um I gotta be honest. It did it did the story caught me more towards like after like the yeah. fifteen minute mark, I was like, Okay, yeah. I'll see this through but shout before out, then shout I was out just for this like, actually being like kinda based in places. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> I'd agree there.
Especially, like, I, I'm not necessarily going to, like... I'm not going to read too much into it, but there's definitely, like, in some ways, some parallels between, like, the U.S. and, like, the villain aliens that are in the episode. Yeah, two two quick points. I, I somewhat enjoy the trope in fiction. I've noticed this in British fiction particularly, where, like, whenever, like, people go to America, it's, like, something there is, like, worse than, like, where they're from, which, like, odds are, like, that's probably yeah, true. Yeah, because but, factually it is probably true, uh, or at least it was. Now uh, it's honestly kind of a coin flip between America and Britain right now, but back in 2009, who knows? Like, the fucking fact that in... I forget which, I forget which Fantastic Beasts movie this is, but it's, like, the it's American... The first one, I think. The, the American... actually good one. Oh yeah, because the only cause... kind of good one. <laughs> yeah, because in the the American Ministry, at least like back in that time, it's like no, no relationships between Muggles and magic people at all, yeah. and um, and they show their method of the death penalty, which like yeah, somewhat credit to the writing is actually terrifying. So I just I don't know. I appreciate that trope of like oh yeah, we'll memory wipe you, but not like. We'll, we'll, we'll just make it so that you forget who you are, which is congruent with how yeah. Van Staten does it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, there was there was some good stuff like that. Um, also, you know, shout-outs to the Native American character who's there and rightfully points out how fucking terrible the U.S. government is uh, to uh, Native Americans, which, again, for a kid's episode of a British TV show... Yeah. Pretty good. That was the other thing I was, like, somewhat mixed again. And, like, again, I am a white person, but some of the Native American portrayal felt sort of, like, Twilight-esque in how it felt very surface level and just there to serve Yeah, I, 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 I can. I can understand that, yeah. And, again, I'm not, I'm not coming from this at an indigenous perspective at all. There is no, none of that culture in me or around me, um... So that that could just be like something where I'm just like analyzing it from like a flawed liberal bias or whatever fake woke yeah. liberal bias, um, but like yeah, you know it was it was definitely not negative like 1960s John <coughs> Wayne, I forget fuck yeah whatever like John Wayne westerns like it it definitely wasn't that um, which yeah. you know isn't the greatest bar for good representation but it was like yeah hey. We're calling the U.S. out, because Lord fucking knows we need it. Yeah. Like, the fact that it is, like, actually acknowledging it in any way is just something I find surprising. Honestly. Which is depressing, but, you know. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, other th yeah, other than that, I honestly, like, I don't have, like, too much to say about the ep- Like, it was even more of just, like, a, yeah, this is an episode than, like, the than Planet of the Dead. It was a very much non-episode. I don't know. I just couldn't yeah. pay attention to it because of how bad the yeah. animation was. And yeah. the story itself was just kind of, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it is weirdly, like- the thing that I was honestly, like, really surprised about was how, like, 
much they actually use the sonic screwdriver as a get out of jail free card which is generally something they try their hardest to not do yeah i think just generally speaking the biggest problem with this story structurally is that there's too many moving parts um and just not the time to cover it like you've got the you've got the thing from the spaceship that's not actually what they say it is that turns out to be like a super mega destroys all of this thing it's like the moment but not which is stupid on the scale that it can operate on and yeah. then you have a communist plot with the with the general working with this alien guy even though he seems to be like xenophobic towards humans but somehow is willing to work with an alien general it's just all this stuff that like would be hard enough yeah. to pull off in a live action episode let alone something like this and i guess credit where credit is due they do pull it off semi-competently this isn't like yeah the worst animation and worst animated storytelling i've ever seen but again it's like when you're looking at comparatively like animated shows at the time even with like lucasfilm without the disney money like fucking like clone wars and stuff like even that in its early days yeah looked oh looked yeah better. that it does kind of yeah it, it yeah the art style looks kind of like clone wars and that might have been what they were when when did the clone wars that was in like 2008 right yeah 2008 um maybe that's what they were going for with the art style they just didn't have the budget to get the animation anywhere near as fluid no yeah i like i like the somewhat like semi-stylized semi like blocky but like still believable like yeah no i i just realized why it looked familiar it's like oh oh they're trying to do clone wars yeah i mean maybe not that specifically but just like that genre and it was like <laughs> yeah it was just it was close enough but still in that sort of weird eh quality where again like the story was all i was there for it wasn't for anything else um and to be honest, if, if David Tennant wasn't voicing the Doctor, I would have checked out completely. He's, like, the only thing drawing any yeah. sort of intrigue and, like, the way he exposits, the way he's talking to the other actors. By the way, I didn't know that Georgia Moffat plays... Yeah, um, yeah, she's the there, too. Girl. It's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that at all. Um, and I, I honestly couldn't tell, given where this... Given the voice actors and their culture and ethnicity that they drew them for from if the actors for the native americans were like actually indigenous um so that was also kind of like a puzzling thing for me um yeah i'm just yeah. rambling at this point but this this was a this was a trip i don't know what yeah to do. definitely yeah it's like i i honestly feel like my rating for it is just kind of like question mark yeah, and here's here's my problem, and I not I'm not gonna be like the stereotypical lefty that because I feel like, like I feel bad giving it like something shitty because it's clearly making the best with what it has, and it does have some pretty like neat parts, but at the same time, it's just kind of like eh, it's not as it's still like it's not as impressive as Infinite Quest, definitely, and Infinite oh, def Quest still had some not. places where it's like yeah, this isn't the greatest. Yeah, Infinite Quest was more visually diverse and, like, interesting in where it went. Um, but I think the biggest problem for me is, like, I the fondest parts of this episode are, like, 
the thematic and uh, yeah. political points that it makes, but like how it gets there is just like I don't feel like I can justify calling this episode good. Yeah, because it makes points that I like and that I happen to think are like very likely true. Like I don't mm. think I can justify that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Question mark. That's my rating. <laughs> I don't know. Um. This is a C. I would only recommend you watching it if you're like a radical completionist. Yeah. And a radical leftist, but a radical completionist. Or if it, or like, <laughs> like if it, if you do what I did and buy like the complete David Tennant collection where it comes packed in. I mean, like, nah, okay. But, like, otherwise, like, it's not on the specials DVD set. You're probably not going to find it streaming in the same place. Like, don't, like, actually, like, track it down out. Like, if it comes packed in, go ahead. But, like, don't explicitly track it down. Yeah, I didn't didn't know this thing existed until, like, two weeks ago when you first brought it up. I was just like, oh, there's another one. Yeah. Like, I had even heard of the animated Martha (laughs) special before I heard of this one. So Yeah. Do with that what you want. Because they've never fucking been on Netflix or streaming or other things. Yeah, this episode is very random. It's a massive nothing. And I I didn't think it was very good or interesting in any way. So, like, a 4 out of 10. Yeah. Alright. Well, next week... Uh, we will probably have a lot more to talk about because we will be talking about the big episode that is The Waters of Mars, um, along with a special guest star, our first Patreon backer guest star. So uh, that'll be exciting. Um, until then, um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at B2TardisPod. Uh, you can support us on Patreon for a number of benefits like early access to bonus episodes, uh, early access to normal episodes, uh, the ability to listen in live to us recording, and potentially even the ability to uh, guest on an episode of your choosing. Um, On the subject of bonus episodes, we will be taking uh, November and December off from bonus episodes because we've been covering a lot of shit recently, uh, and we want to pare it back a bit so we don't get burned out before we take two weeks off at the end of the year. Um... But yeah, uh, until then, uh, I'm Jeff. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at WheatleyDL and at Twitch on WheatleyDLT, where I will be probably continuing my playthrough of uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon on Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm a discount Moffat character, and I'm quirky in all the right ways. You can follow me at skyhigh9 underscore 5 on the twitters.com. Uh, I'm Celeste, and you can follow me at, uh, what's my current at? NihilistPanther on Twitter.com. I forgot what my at was because I've changed it a lot. Yeah, when you were, when you were, when I was fucking, uh, like, doing the, uh, like, uh, recording, uh, the editing last week to, like, pick up the stuff that it was, like, I went to look and I'm like, oh, that's not, like, Quixotic Queers is not your at at anymore. I have to go look uh, look up and see what it fucking is. nice uh so yeah uh and we will see you all next week 